Section three of Utopia by Sir Thomas More, translated by Rafe Robinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It chanced on a certain day when I sat at his table. There was also a certain layman cunning in the laws of your realm, who I cannot tell whereof taking occasion began diligently and earnestly to praise that straight and rigorous justice which at that time was there executed upon felons who as he said were for the most part twenty hanged together upon one gallows and seeing so few escaped punishment he said he could not choose but greatly wonder and marvel how and by what evil luck it should so come to pass that thieves nevertheless were in every place so rife and so rank nay sir quoth i for i durst boldly speak my mind before the cardinal marvel nothing hereat for this punishment of thieves passeth the limits of justice and is also very hurtful to the wheel public for it is too extreme and cruel a punishment for theft and yet not sufficient to refrain and withhold men from theft for simple theft is not so great an offence that it ought to be punished with death neither there is any punishment so horrible that it can keep them from stealing which have no other craft whereby to get their living therefore in this point not you only but also the most part of the world be like evil schoolmasters which be readier to beat than to teach their scholars for great and horrible punishments be appointed for thieves whereas much rather provision should have been made that there were some means whereby they might get their living so that no man should be driven to this extreme necessity first to steal and then to die yes quoth he this matter is well enough provided for already there be handicrafts there is husbandry to get their living by if they would not willingly be naught nay quoth i you shall not scape so for first of all i will speak nothing of them that come home out of the wars maimed and lame as not long ago out of blackheath field and a little before that out of the wars in france such i say as put their lives in jeopardy for the wheel publics or the king's sake and by reason of weakness and lameness be not able to occupy their old crafts and be too aged to learn new of them i will speak nothing for as much as wars have their ordinary recourse but let us consider those things that chance daily before our eyes first there is a great number of gentlemen which cannot be content to live idle themselves like doors off that which other have laboured for their tenants i mean whom they pole and shave to the quick by raising their rents for this only point of frugality do they use men else through their lavish and prodigal spending able to bring themselves to very beggary these gentlemen i say do not only live in idleness themselves but also carry about with them at their tails a great flock or train of idle and loitering serving men which never learned any craft whereby to get their livings these men as soon as their master is dead or be sick themselves be incontinent thrust out of doors for gentlemen had rather keep idle persons than sick men 
and many times the dead man's heir is not able to maintain so great a house and keep so many serving-men as his father did then in the mean season they that be thus destitute of service either starve for hunger or manfully play the thieves for what would you have them to do when they have wandered abroad so long until they have worn threadbare their apparel and also appaired their health then gentlemen because of their pale and sickly faces and patched coats will not take them into service and husbandmen dare not set them a work knowing well enough that he is nothing meet to do true and faithful service to a poor man with a spade and a mattock for small wages and hard fare which being daintily and tenderly pampered up in idleness and pleasure was wont with a sword and a buckler by his side to jet through the street with a bragging look and to think himself too good to be any man's mate nay by st mary sir quoth the lawyer not so for this kind of men must we make most of for in them as men of stouter stomachs bolder spirits and manlier courages than handicraftsmen and ploughmen be doth consist the whole power strength and puissance of our army when we must fight in battle forsooth sir as well you might say quoth i that for war's sake you must cherish thieves for surely you shall never lack thieves while you have them no nor thieves be not the most false and faint-hearted soldiers nor soldiers be not the cowardliest thieves so well these two crafts agree together but this fault though it be much used among you yet is it not peculiar to you only but common also almost to all nations yet france besides this is troubled and infected with a much sorer plague the whole realm is filled and besieged with hired soldiers in peacetime if that be peace which be brought in under the same colour and pretence that hath persuaded you to keep these idle serving-men for these wise fools and very archdotes thought the wealth of the whole country herein to consist if there were ever in a readiness a strong and a sure garrison specially of old practised soldiers for they put no trust at all in men unexercised and therefore they must be forced to seek for war to the end they may ever have practised soldiers and cunning manslayers lest that as it is prettily said of sallust their hands and their minds through idleness or lack of exercise should wax dull but how pernicious and pestilent a thing it is to maintain such beasts the frenchmen by their own harms have learned and the examples of the romans carthaginians syrians and of many other countries do manifestly declare for not only the empire but also the fields and cities of all these by divers occasions have been overrun and destroyed of their own armies beforehand had in a readiness now how unnecessary a thing this is hereby it may appear that the french soldiers which from their youth have been practised and inured in feats of arms do not crack nor advance themselves to have very often got the upper hand and mastery of your new-made and unpractised soldiers 
but in this point i will not use many words lest perchance i may seem to flatter you no nor those same handicraft men of yours in cities nor yet the rude and uplandish ploughmen of the country are not supposed to be greatly afraid of your gentlemen's idle serving-men unless it be such as be not of body or stature correspondent to their strength and courage or else whose bold stomachs be discouraged through poverty thus you may see that it is not to be feared lest they should be effeminated if they were brought up in good crafts and laboursome works whereby to get their livings whose stout and sturdy bodies for gentlemen vouchsafe to corrupt and spill none but picked and chosen men now either by reason of rest and idleness be brought to weakness or else by too easy and womanly exercises be made feeble and unable to endure hardness truly howsoever the case standeth this methinketh is nothing available to the wheel public for war sake which you never have but when you will yourselves to keep and maintain an innumerable flock of that sort of men that be so troublesome and noyous in peace whereof you ought to have a thousand times more regard than of war but yet this is not only the necessary cause of stealing there is another which as i suppose is proper and peculiar to you englishmen alone what is that quoth the cardinal forsooth my lord quoth i your sheep that were wont to be so meek and tame and so small eaters now as i hear say be become so great devourers and so wild that they eat up and swallow down the very men themselves they consume destroy and devour whole fields houses and cities for look in what parts of the realm doth grow the finest and therefore dearest wool there noble men and gentlemen yea and certain abbots holy men no doubt not contenting themselves with the yearly revenues and profits that were wont to grow to their forefathers and predecessors of their lands nor being content that they live in rest and pleasure nothing profiting yea much gnawing the wheel public leave no ground for tillage they enclose all into pastures they throw down houses they pluck down towns and leave nothing standing but only the church to be made a sheep-house and as though you lost no small quantity of ground by forests chases lawns and parks these good holy men turn all dwelling-places and all glebe-land into desolation and wilderness therefore that one covetous and unsatiable cormorant and very plague of his native country may compass about and enclose many thousand acres of ground to gather within one pale or hedge the husbandmen be thrust out of their own or else either by coven and fraud or by violent oppression they be put besides it or by wrongs and injuries they be so wearied that they be compelled to sell all by one means therefore or by other either by hook or crook they must needs depart away poor seely wretched souls men women husbands wives fatherless children widows woeful mothers with their young babes and their whole household 
small in substance and much in number as husbandry requireth many hands away they trudge i say out of their known and accustomed houses finding no place to rest in all their household stuff which is very little worth though it might well abide the sale yet being suddenly thrust out they be constrained to sell it for a thing of naught and when they have wandered abroad till that be spent what can they then else do but steal and then justly pardee be hanged or else go about a begging and yet then also they be cast in prison as vagabonds because they go about and work not whom no man will set a work though they never so willingly proffer themselves thereto for one shepherd or herdman is enough to eat up that ground with cattle to the occupying whereof about husbandry many hands were requisite and this is also the cause why victuals be now in many places dearer yea besides this the price of wool is so risen that poor folks which were wont to work it and make cloth thereof be now able to buy none at all and by this means very many be forced to forsake work and to give themselves to idleness for after that so much ground was enclosed for pasture an infinite multitude of sheep died of the rot such vengeance god took of their inordinate and unsatiable covetousness sending among the sheep that pestiferous murrain which much more justly should have fallen on the sheep-master's own heads and though the number of sheep increase never so fast yet the price falleth not one mite because there be so few sellers for they be almost all coming into a few rich men's hands whom no need forceth to sell before they lust and they lust not before they may sell as dear as they lust now the same cause bringeth in like dearth of the other kinds of cattle yea and that so much the more because that after farms plucked down and husbandry decayed there is no man that passeth for the breeding of young store for these rich men bring not up the young ones of great cattle as they do lambs but first they buy them abroad very cheap and afterward when they be fatted in their pastures they sell them again exceeding dear and therefore as i suppose the whole incommodity hereof is not yet felt for yet they make dearth only in those places where they sell but when they shall fetch them away from thence where they be bred faster than they can be brought up then shall there also be felt great dearth store beginning there to fail where the ware is bought thus the unreasonable covetousness of a few hath turned that thing to the utter undoing of your island in the which thing the chief felicity of your realm did consist for this great dearth of victuals causeth men to keep as little houses and as small hospitality as they possible may and to put away their servants whither i pray you but a begging or else which these gentle bloods and stout stomachs will sooner set their minds unto a stealing now to amend the matter 
to this wretched beggary and miserable poverty is joined great wantonness importunate superfluity and excessive riot for not only gentlemen's servants but also handicraftmen yea and almost the ploughmen of the country with all other sorts of people use much strange and proud new-fangledness in their apparel and too much prodigal riot and sumptuous fare at their table now boards queens whores harlots strumpets brothel-houses stews and yet another stews wine-taverns ale-houses and tippling-houses with so many naughty lewd and unlawful games as dice cards tables tennis bowls quoits do not all these send the haunters of them straight a stealing when their money is gone cast out these pernicious abominations make a law that they which plucked down farms and towns of husbandry shall re-edify them or else yield and uprender the possession thereof to such as will go to the cost of building them anew suffer not these rich men to buy up all to engross and forestall and with their monopoly to keep the market alone as please them let not so many be brought up in idleness let husbandry and tillage be restored let cloth-working be renewed that there may be honest labours for this idle sort to pass their time in profitably which hitherto either poverty hath caused to be thieves or else now be either vagabonds or idle serving men and shortly will be thieves doubtless unless you find a remedy for these enormities you shall in vain advance yourselves of executing justice upon felons for this justice is more beautiful in appearance and more flourishing to the show than either just or profitable for by suffering your youth wantonly and viciously to be brought up and to be infected even from their tender age by little and little with vice then a god's name to be punished when they commit the same faults after being come to man-state which from their youth they were ever like to do in this point i pray you what other thing do you than make thieves and then punish them now as i was thus speaking the lawyer began to make himself ready to answer and was determined with himself to use the common fashion and trade of disputers which be more diligent in rehearsing than answering as thinking the memory worthy of the chief praise indeed sir quoth he you have said well being but a stranger and one that might rather hear something of these matters than have any exact or perfect knowledge of the same as i will incontinent by open proof make manifest and plain for first i will rehearse in order all that you have said then i will declare wherein you be deceived through lack of knowledge in all our fashions manners and customs and last of all i will answer your arguments and confute them every one first therefore i will begin where i promised four things you seem to me hold your peace quoth the cardinal for it appeareth that you will make no short answer which makes such a beginning wherefore at this time you shall not take the pains to make your answer but keep it to your next meeting 
which I would be right glad that it might be even to-morrow next, unless either you or Master Raphael have any earnest let. But now, Master Raphael, I would very gladly hear of you why you think theft not worthy to be punished with death, or what other punishment you can devise more expedient to the wheel public, for I am sure you are not of that mind that you would have theft escape unpunished for if now the extreme punishment of death cannot cause them to leave stealing then if ruffians and robbers should be sure of their lives what violence what fear were able to hold their hands from robbing which would take the mitigation of the punishment as a very provocation to the mischief surely my lord quoth i i think it not right nor justice that the loss of money should cause the loss of man's life for mine opinion is that all the goods in the world are not able to countervail man's life but if they would thus say that the breaking of justice and the transgression of the laws is recompensed with this punishment and not the loss of the money then why may not this extreme and rigorous justice well be called plain injury for so cruel governance so strait rules and unmerciful laws be not allowable that if a small offence be committed by and by the sword should be drawn nor so stoical ordinances are to be borne withal as to count all offences of such equality that the killing of a man or the taking of his money from him were both a matter and the one no more heinous offence than the other between the which two if we have any respect to equity no similitude or equality consisteth god commandeth us that we shall not kill and be we then so hasty to kill a man for taking a little money and if any man would understand killing by this commandment of god to be forbidden after no larger wise than man's constitutions define killing to be lawful then why may it not likewise by man's constitutions be determined after what sort whoredom fornication and perjury may be lawful for whereas by the permission of god no man hath power to kill neither himself nor yet any other man then if a law made by the consent of men concerning slaughter of men ought to be of such strength force and virtue that they which contrary to the commandment of god have killed those whom this constitution of man commanded to be killed be clean quit and exempt out of the bonds and danger of god's commandment shall it not then by this reason follow that the power of god's commandment shall extend no further than man's law doeth define and permit and so shall it come to pass that in like manner man's constitutions in all things shall determine how far the observation of all god's commandments shall extend to be short moses law though it were ungentle and sharp as a law that was given to bondmen yea and them very obstinate stubborn and stiff-necked yet it punished theft by the purse and not with death 
and let us not think that god in the new law of clemency and mercy under the which he ruleth us with fatherly gentleness as his dear children hath given us greater scope and license to the execution of cruelty one upon another now ye have heard the reasons whereby i am persuaded that this punishment is unlawful furthermore i think there is no body that knoweth not how unreasonable yea how pernicious a thing it is to the wheel public that a thief and an homicide or murderer should suffer equal and like punishment for the thief seeing that man is condemned for theft in no less jeopardy nor judged to no less punishment than him that is convict of manslaughter through this cogitation only he is strongly and forcibly provoked and in a manner constrained to kill him whom else he would have but robbed for the murder being once done he is in less fear and in more hope that the deed shall not be bewrayed or known seeing the party is now dead and rid out of the way which only might have uttered and disclosed it but if he chance to be taken and described yet he is in no more danger and jeopardy than if he had committed but single felony therefore whiles we go about with such cruelty to make thieves afeared we provoke them to kill good men now as touching this question what punishment were more commodious and better that truly in my judgment is easier to be found than what punishment might be worse for why should we doubt that to be a good and profitable way for the punishment of offenders which we know did in times past so long please the romans men in the administration of a wheel public most expert politic and cunning such as among them were convict of great and heinous trespasses them they condemned into stone quarries and into mines to dig metal there to be kept in chains all the days of their life but as concerning this matter i allow the ordinance of no nation so well as that which i saw whilst i travelled abroad about the world used in persia among the people that commonly be called the polyllarites whose land is both large and ample and also well and wittily governed and the people in all conditions free and ruled by their own laws saving that they pay a yearly tribute to the great king of persia but because they be far from the sea compassed and enclosed almost round about with high mountains and do content themselves with the fruits of their own land which is of itself very fertile and fruitful for this cause neither they go to other countries nor other come to them and according to the old custom of the land they desire not to enlarge the bounds of their dominions and those that they have by reason of the high hills be easily defended and the tribute which they pay to their chief lord and king setteth them quit and free from warfare thus their life is commodious rather than gallant and may better be called happy or wealthy than notable or famous for they be not known as much as by name i suppose saving only to their next neighbours and boarders they that in this land be attainted and convict of felony 
make restitution of that which they stole to the right owner and not as they do in other lands to the king whom they think to have no more right to the thief's stolen thing than the thief himself hath but if the thing be lost or made away then the value of it is paid of the goods of such offenders which else remaineth all whole to their wives and children and they themselves be condemned to be common labourers and unless the theft be very heinous they be neither locked in prison nor fettered in gyves but be untied and go at large labouring in the common works they that refuse labour or go slowly and slackly to their work be not only tied in chains but also pricked forward with stripes but being diligent about their work they live without check or rebuke every night they be called in by name and be locked in their chambers beside their daily labour their life is nothing hard or incommodious their fare is indifferent good borne at the charges of the wheel public because they be common servants to the commonwealth but their charges in all places of the land is not borne alike for in some parts that which is bestowed upon them is gathered of alms and though that way be uncertain yet the people be so full of mercy and pity that none is found more profitable or plentiful in some places certain lands be appointed hereunto of the revenues whereof they be maintained and in some places every man giveth a certain tribute for the same use and purpose again in some parts of the land these serving men for so be these damned persons called do no common work but as every private man needeth labourers so he cometh into the market-place and there hireth some of them for meat and drink and a certain limited wages by the day somewhat cheaper than he should hire a free man it is also lawful for them to chastise the sloth of these serving men with stripes by this means they never lack work and besides the gaining of their meat and drink every one of them bringeth daily something into the common treasury all and every one of them be apparelled in one colour their heads be not polled or shaven but rounded a little above the ears and the tip of the one ear is cut off every one of them may take meat and drink of their friends and also a coat of their own colour but to receive money is death as well to the giver as to the receiver and no less jeopardy it is for a free man to receive money of a serving man for any manner of cause and likewise for serving men to touch weapons the serving men of every several shire be distinct and known from other by their several and distinct badges which to cast away is death as it is also to be seen out of the precinct of their own shire or to talk with a serving man of another shire and it is no less danger to them for to intend to run away than to do it indeed yea and to conceal such an enterprise in a serving man it is death in a free man servitude of the contrary part to him that openeth and uttereth such counsels be decreed large gifts to a free man a great sum of money to a serving man freedom 
and to them both forgiveness and pardon of that they were of counsel in that pretence so that it can never be so good for them to go forward in their evil purpose as by repentance to turn back this is the law and order in this behalf as i have showed you wherein what humanity is used how far it is from cruelty and how commodious it is you do plainly perceive forasmuch as the end of their wrath and punishment intendeth nothing else but the destruction of vices and saving of men with so using and ordering them that they cannot choose but be good and what harm soever they did before in the residue of their life to make amends for the same moreover it is so little feared that they should turn again to their vicious conditions that wayfaring men will for their safeguard choose them to their guides before any other in every shire changing and taking new for if they would commit robbery they have nothing about them meet for that purpose they may touch no weapons money found about them should betray the robbery they should be no sooner taken with the manner but forthwith they should be punished neither they can have any hope at all to scape away by flying for how should a man that in no part of his apparel is like other men fly privily and unknown unless he would run away naked how be it so also flying he should be described by the rounding of his head and his earmark but it is a thing to be doubted that they will lay their heads together and conspire against the wheel public no no i warrant you for the serving men of one shire alone could never hope to bring to pass such an enterprise without soliciting enticing and alluring the serving men of many other shires to take their parts which thing is to them so impossible that they may not as much as speak or talk together or salute one another no it is not to be thought that they would make their own countrymen and companions of their counsel in such a matter which they know well should be jeopardy to the concealer thereof and great commodity and goodness to the opener and detector of the same whereas on the other part there is none of them all hopeless or in despair to recover again his former estate of freedom by humble obedience by patient suffering and by giving good tokens and likelihood of himself that he will ever after that live like a true and an honest man for every year divers of them be restored to their freedom through the commendation of their patience when i had thus spoken saying moreover that i could see no cause why this order might not be had in england with much more profit than the justice which the lawyer so highly praised nay quoth the lawyer this could never be so established in england but that it must needs bring the wheel public into great jeopardy and hazard and as he was thus saying he shaked his head and made a wry mouth and so he held his peace and all that were there present with one assent agreed to his saying well quoth the cardinal yet it were hard to judge without a proof whether this order would do well here or no 
but when the sentence of death is given if then the king should command execution to be deferred and spared and would prove this order and fashion taking away the privileges of all sanctuaries if then the proof should declare the thing to be good and profitable then it were well done that it were established else the condemned and reprieved persons may as well and as justly be put to death after this proof as when they were first cast neither any jeopardy can in the mean space grow hereof yea and methinketh that these vagabonds may very well be ordered after the same fashion against whom we have hitherto made so many laws and so little prevailed when the cardinal had thus said then every man gave great praise to my sayings which a little before they had disallowed but most of all was esteemed that which was spoken of vagabonds because it was the cardinal's own addition end of section three